This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680 CJOB. Welcome to the show. How are how you doing, Jim Toth? How you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, the Winnipeg it's Jets. Friday. I think they're on the ice right now as we speak uh, in Dallas. Uh, the morning skate got going at around 11.30. It's ongoing. Of course, um, pregame show gets going 5.30. Puck drop at 7.30 right here on 680 CGOB with Kelly Moore and company. Uh, Dylan DeMello on the ice in a regular jersey. Ooh. We're kind of waiting to see uh, who's kind of left out there for some uh, additional work. But he, he, he certainly seems... a. Uh, a lot closer to uh, returning. Uh, but here's some interesting stuff from the Lions so far at the morning skate here, Jim Toth. Connor, Connor Dubois and Gagne on the morning skate on the line. Perfetti, Shifley, and Wheeler. And then we've seen some some big changes here. And this, this I'm not surprised by in terms of the way that head coach of the Winnipeg Jets, Rick Bonus, has spoke about the fourth line. Um, over the last couple of games, uh, Jansen Harkins and Mikey Asamont have moved up to play with Adam Lowry on that third line, uh, while Menelainen and Janssen Fialabi uh, have been moved to play with um, with David Gustafson on the fourth line there, Toninato sort of the the, the extra defenseman. Uh, Morris and Pionk uh, on defense, Dylan and Schmidt, Sandberg and Capobianco, and then Hainola and DeMello. Uh, what that suggests, we'll find out as soon as, uh, if DeMello is going to be played, we're going to wait to see who, who's got some extra work out there. We're following uh, Ken Weeb, CGOB contributor on Jets Hockey here on 680 CGOB, as well as a friend of the program. And um, Connor Hellebuck will be in net. Anything stand out there from the opening lineup there, Jim Toth? Well, this is now the third head coach that uh, goes back to Wheeler Shifley when he needs some scoring. And he needs uh, Mark Shifley uh, and Blake Wheeler to kind of take another step. I, I, I wouldn't say that they're certainly not having bad seasons, uh, but Shifley's kind of offensively dried up a little bit, so put him back with Wheeler. I don't think this is about – well, Shifley, yes, I get. I, yeah. don't, I don't think it's so much about that, but reuniting Dubois and Con- – so I think it's twofold, and I think yeah. it's equal weight on both moves. Um, I think they want to get Perfetti scoring. I think they want to get mm-hmm. some some other people scoring, and I think they want to get Connor going um, and burying some more of the the glorious chances he's getting. And that worked extremely well last year, Dubois and Connor. Yeah, didn't matter did. who was with them. And then Gagne too. Like Gagne, we talked about this. Um, I did a pregame the other night against Pittsburgh, and Ross Levitan was on, and and he was sort of. Um, floating the idea of, well, you know, Gagne has looked good and has put up some points. If he can sort of get him through this next couple of weeks without Appleton or Barron or Ehlers, mm-hmm. you might not need to make a move. And and I, I'm, I'm in on that. But that being said, they didn't find a diamond in the rough in Gagne. Like, I think he can provide a little bit of offense more so than than some other guys moving up the lineup. But we also haven't seen it. So yeah. he, He's there to do exactly what he's doing right now. He's a veteran guy that will put up points in the bottom six. Um, in the top six, it's a little harder. Not that he's looked terrible, but yeah. he has had periods where just not a lot was accomplished. So... I think all those ideas come into this, and I think Harkins and Isimont have been arguably the last two games two of their best forwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that top six was stapled to the bench once it got to be about 5 or 6-1 in Minnesota, and and rightfully so. Now, I, I'm not so much... 
I think that's twofold as well. I'm not. I'm 50% on the fact that it was they didn't play well, but I'm also 50% on the fact that they play every second day for 13 days. I think it's more to do with that. And so once a game is 5-6-1, and people might say, well, why wouldn't you pull Hellebuck then? You, you don't pull a goalie to get some – because the goalies are going to start regardless with this schedule. Yeah. Like they're going to get their games. The, the plan is already in place for the next two weeks, and that's how it's going to be barring any injury. The top six is a little different. Once it's five, six, one, and there's 10 minutes to go, what's the point of running them? Even yeah. if you get a goal or two, you're not going to win this game, so you might as well save them for the next ones. But that being said, I, I kind of think this is going back to, you know, and I don't think this is solidified. I don't think this is um, – bonus has put Shifley and Wheeler back together about two, two and a half weeks ago, or I think it was in that Calgary game in Calgary, he goes back to it um, because it works offensively. Mm-hmm. It always has. Uh, and then I think they're going to, if some guys get going, you know, they'll they'll maybe stick with this for a bit. And if they don't, they'll go back to some things. But, you know, it's 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 interesting that this is now the third head coach that goes back to that that pairing. But I, I do believe it's a lot to do with Perfetti and Connor. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And I think they're trying to get some some more stuff going on here. And, and, and listen, like when this, this isn't like something that's, that's, you know, I think it's something of note that you have to definitely mention. But this isn't a shock that Dubois and Kyle Connor are playing together, you know, at game heading into game 19. We knew they were going to play together at some point this season. Just not to start. That wasn't the plan heading into training camp. Um, but this eventually was going to happen. The, re- the reason I say this, Cam, is like, like Connor's got 16 points in 18 games, which is fine. It's just that there's six goals and three of them came in one game. Yeah. It's not to help Connor in the way that they need more of him because he just scored in the last game. He was the only goal scorer, and he was buzzing when he did score. This is about getting more than one line going at a time, I think. Yeah. And, and that's what's been going on, even though they've been successful the past couple of weeks, save for the Carolina game when everybody had a goal uh, in the bottom six. Um, it's just like Pittsburgh, they couldn't score. Then they go into Carolina, and that top line didn't score at all. And then they go into Minnesota, and they couldn't score again except for Connor. I think this is about getting more than one line going, getting some guys that have some familiarity with it, and trying something new to to get you know. And we'll find out tonight. Like if each line can provide some offense, then this works. Right? Yeah, the guys had the day off yesterday. The Winnipeg Jets, uh, they were in, of course, in Dallas. Uh, they went to the Cowboys uh, Giants game yesterday. Looked like they rented a box as per the uh, Instagram of of Pierre Luc Dubois to get away. Uh, after a game like that in Minnesota, enjoy some time uh, off the ice and, and together as teammates. I think that is always um, a really, really important part about building a, a, a team that's going to be in the playoffs and, and then hopefully make, try to make some noise. I mean, you got to you got to be together here. Now, this this is an interesting thought that popped in my head, Jim, and it just popped in my head about three minutes ago. And maybe you can tell me that I, this is really stupid. Um, but I was looking at the stats for the Dallas Stars twenty games in. And I went back and I looked at the Calgary Flames and their stats from last year. It's 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 a lot of team, a lot of players over a point per game. They have four players right now over a point per game: Jamie Ben, uh, Joe Pavelski, Rupe Hans, uh, Jason Robertson, who's tearing the league up, second in scoring. He's got sixteen goals, fifteen assists. Uh, and then I look at the plus minus of those of that sort of that that top line: Jason uh, Jason Robertson plus thirteen, Rupe Hans plus twelve, Joe Pavelski plus fifteen. And it reminds me of the Calgary Flames from last year. High plus minus players, point per game, 
and you saw this sort of thing with like, and I'm, I'm building a comparison between Joe Pavelski, Jason Robertson, Rupe Hans with Elias Lindholm, Matthew Kachuk and, and Johnny Gaudreau last year with the Calgary Flames. So 20 games in, of course, we, we're, we're, we're not even a quarter of the way. We're just about to, the, the, the stars are just about to breach into their uh, second quarter of the season. But are the stars this year's flames? Well, Pete DeBoer does this, hey? Yeah. The first, first, his first year with a team. Yeah. They, they score. They score and they come out there flying and they, they usually have a good playoff push. They usually make it far in the playoffs. Yet to win, though. Yet to win. It's funny how, like, coaches, like, we knew what Bonus does and then Bonus came in here and does it. Uh, we know yeah. what Pete DeBoer does. He yeah. did it in San Jose once he left New Jersey. He's done it in Vegas when he was there. And now he's done it in Dallas. It's really more interesting in next season and the season after that if this team can still score like this. But, um, uh, yeah, I, it's Mason Marchment uh, has a sl- had a red hot start. Now he's got he scored the last two. He's got 13 points in 20 games. The depth of this, Jamie Benn is having an absolute resurgence. Yeah. And this is from a very bad start again this season. And something's happened after the first two weeks of the year. He's, and he's back to playing fire. like a PR dash, dash, yeah. dash. And he's on the third line, right? Yeah. He might have been moved up since then, but he's 22 points in 20 games. They have mm. four players who are more than a point-a-game player. And Roberts, Robertson, for a guy who missed camp... You know, we saw Kirill Kaprizov against Minnesota. I heard him on 680 CGOB. We're going to hear Jason Robinson again tonight. These are two guys that are in the top 10 for the players in the league right now. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to look at points or anything like that. Like we have, but but the we just saw Malkin and Crosby too. The Robertsons and the Kaprizovs of the world are, are going to start taking over for some of these legends that yep. are currently playing. I agree. And I think that's that's the brilliance of, of these players. Um, 31 points in 20 games, and he missed three weeks of training camp. He's got six. I know. So this second, is a, second round pick, 39th overall, Jason Robertson by the Dallas Stars in 2017. And then after that, they have some nice pieces. Like I mentioned, March, and this Ty DeLeandre has 11 points in 20 games. Wyatt Johnson is, is real slow, but I think he's a player. He's only got six points. But, you know, the last – couple of times these two teams have played. The Jets earned the win, and then yeah. the first time it was some depth scoring that helped them. I'm fascinated by this game tonight. Yeah, Miro Haskinen is such a stud, yeah. but he'll always have that. Kale McCarr was taken fourth. Miro Haskinen was taken before him at third in that draft. He's always going to have that on him, but not to say. But it's like, yeah, okay, maybe he isn't Kyle McCarr, but like that's not a bad pick to bring Miro Haskinen into the yeah. lineup. You you're you're I mean? not the the whole comparing any defenseman to Kyle McCarr right now is ridiculous. He is the fastest defenseman to reach 200 points, and that includes Bobby Orr and mm-hmm. Paul Coffey. Yeah, and and Paul Coffey would get on the ice and score two oh, points wow. back say, in that era. Jim, say that again because I think that's that's a crazy thing. Kyle McCarr is the fastest defenseman to reach 200 points. He did it in 195 games. And that's faster than Bobby Orr or Paul Coffey. And, and talk about differences in era. That's my point. Like, I, I I mean, it was a little tougher, I think, in the original six, and I didn't watch Bobby Orr play. Uh, I just see, saw highlights <laughs> you're of not, it. You're not, that, you're not that ancient, are you? <laughs> no. He has 201 points in 196 games now, McCarr. But I was there for every every shift of Paul Coffey, and I'm not kidding. That guy would step on the ice and get two points. Mm-hmm. He w- he would go end to end. Try watch some of that now. 
you wouldn't get to the blue line in, in the last 20, 15, 20 years of the NHL, and he would go end-to-end and go behind the opposing net and then dish something off. Like, it was just a different era. So what Makar is doing is... So we have to stop, I think, comparing like other defensemen to him. He is by far the best defenseman in the National Hockey League right now and the most productive. And I know there's Hedman, and I know there's, you know, all the other ones as well. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's it's the distances, Yossi and all those guys. Yeah. I just, he at 24 years old is already a, on a Hall of Fame pace. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so it's, but Heiskanen is in with the other guys. I do believe like Heiskanen is another guy that is in with the Headmans and yeah. the Petrangelos and, and the Yossis. Um, the offense hasn't been there, but he's been banged up a bit this year, but solid two-way defenseman. But yeah. This is a fascinating matchup tonight, but I'm more interested to see how the Jets respond to what yeah. to what Bonus said and and uh, how they played last game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there this is a game where they have to come out and they have to respond and they have to start on time in this game for whatever reason. And this is this is this has been a uh, a, a constant thing for the Winnipeg Jets. And I, and I was able to pull some stats here. Uh, the Jets are minus six in the first period. Slow starts have plagued this team. This is something Kelly Moore was talking about uh, in the pre- and post-game show against Minnesota. Uh, but they have been outshot on the road in the first period all but once. It was that game against Colorado where they had 11 shots to Colorado's 10. If, if, if you factor in all nine of those games, Jim, they've been outshot minus 45. Yeah. I- and, and, and in the first period. And... A big part about this game, and the one thing that I'm going to be looking at, is how these guys come out in the first period here. And and if they can get that first goal. Uh, Dallas is a team that really hasn't had too many come. They've had only three come, come from behind wins so far this season. The Jets have had six. So I, I think it's important for the Jets to come out, come out strong, not rely on Connor Hellebuck, which they've had to do in the first period, particularly on the road. And, and, and get the first one here and, and make Dallas chase them. I think that's a big part of this game. As Kelly pointed out in the postgame show of the loss to Minnesota two nights ago, this Jets team in the nine road games has had a horrific non-show-up start six times. Yeah. And as you pointed out when I we were discussing it yesterday, that's no longer an issue. That's a pattern. Yeah. And, and they, they, I'm very interested because of what Rick Bonus had to say and how he addressed it, um, how they come out tonight. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting game, but how they come out and start this game is what I'm going to be focused on. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Welcome back. Uh, yeah, the news there. Uh, Dylan DeMello will be back in for Ville Hainala. Uh, matched up with Dylan Sandberg, I presume. Um, uh, Morgan Barron. Man, close. Quick recovery for uh, for Morgan Barron. Actually kind of... Uh, shocking. When when was that injury again, Jim? That was, wasn't it in Dallas? I think it was. They were definitely on the road. No, it was the Vegas game. Yes. It was along the boards in the Vegas game the night that uh, Connor Hellebuck had a cape on and got him to overtime. So that was uh, on the 30th of October. Um, so we are, you know, just over three weeks. Like, we're, we're it, it, if he's ready on Tuesday against the Avalanche at home, uh, that would be well, almost entirely a month, almost That's to the exact great date. news. You know, yeah. it's uh, I don't know if you caught it in the pregame, but they were asking Adam Lowry about both his line mates needing wrist surgery, um, first Morgan Barron, then Mason Appleton, and he actually said, and I had that surgery too, so maybe it is our line. Maybe I am jinxed. Yeah, that probably is something um, to do with it. So I thought that was funny, but uh, quickly, I know we're going to go around the NHL, but yeah. what what did you make of uh, Ville Hainola? 
The next one is we'll, we've been told on social media. Well, I mean, I was watching, looking at some stuff. The, there was a there's a team of Ville Hanala truthers out there. Um, well, you can probably figure out by me trying to find yeah, some words and, here. And I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm having fun because this is what yeah, we hear from some yeah, of the fans. No, I like, don't want to bash him at all. My my point of my thought on him is he. This is why he's sort of where he is. This is this is there's why, still yeah. room to get better. It wasn't terrible by any means. But also, there's some work there. I still think Billy Hainola is a very important piece uh, to what the Winnipeg Jets are eventually gonna gonna you know have. Um, what that means, I don't know. I I think he's gonna be a National Hockey Leaguer. Um, I, I I think he's a big he's a big important piece to the Winnipeg Jets organization right now. I 100 percent 100 percent believe that. Um, but there's there's some work to be done. There's no doubt about that. And that's yeah. why I'm so hesitant to put words together, Jim, um, because I, I don't want to bash him because I think that there's there's huge upside there. Um, but at the same time, um, I how can you have an argument that Dylan DeBello doesn't take his spot immediately? Yeah, so that's why I feel bad yeah. of the way I presented this and what did you think of him and blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm I'm, I'm not happy <laughs> he is where he is. But you're I, I'm it, just trying yeah, to point out yeah. the fact that for all these people who think he should be in the NHL, for all these people we keep hearing from that the Jets are hurting his development, yeah. for all these people who don't think him sitting in the press box for two games and practicing with NHL players, is it's not. It's all part of the development process. And my point to this is, is from what I've seen from him so far this year, I think the development is still a big part of this process. He's not quite an NHL regular yet, but he can give you some quality minutes at the NHL level. But the consistency of it and just more development is needed, in my opinion. Yep. No, absolutely. I don't think you can argue with that. Um, okay, so the information came out of Money Puck. Well, this is kind of, and I think it was Elliot Friedman that kind of kicked this off, and he kind of has made it into a very... Uh, important date, maybe over important. Maybe we make too much of this, but it's definitely something that the fans watch for. I think it's people in the media watch for, just like us, Jim. Um, in terms of uh, American Thanksgiving, where where your team, where the Winnipeg Jets or whoever you're rooting for, where they sit at American Thanksgiving. I think it's like a seventy six or something. It's almost three quarters of the time correct. So there's a twenty five percent discrepancy in this. Um, so the information came out according to Money Puck. The Western playoff teams, based on the numbers, will be heading into the playoffs. Calgary, Seattle, Vegas, Los Angeles, Dallas, Winnipeg, Colorado, and Minnesota. In the East, New Jersey, Rangers, Carolina, Pittsburgh, Boston, Tampa, Florida, Toronto. Now in the Western Conference... I think there's two teams there that I maybe are, I would consider still in the mix. I wouldn't consider them out of it. I'd say the St. Louis Blues uh, certainly have a chance of making the playoffs. And the Edmonton Oilers, out of that sort of that initial list there, nine, Money Puck only gives them a 19.9% chance of, of making the playoffs. And, and just to add on top of the New Jersey Devils, just because we were teasing that yesterday, uh, they have a big chance of making the playoffs. Yes, I do think that they're going to make the playoffs. I would have said that yesterday based on the fact they went on a 13-game winning streak in this loser point era. Uh, it would almost take a 15-game losing skid for them not to make the playoffs. Uh, and, and the Devils have a 96.1% chance of making the postseason. I think the Devils are a playoff team. What do you think of that list? What do you think of that list in the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference? Well, Jim? for the Devils, they have an eight-point cushion on the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah. 
Um, now, they only have a six-point cushion on the Islanders, but they have a game in hand on the Islanders. Um, it would be shocking if the New Jersey Devils did not make the playoffs, but I also don't think this is sustainable, what they've been on. And I know that's could be the dumbest thing I've ever said in a long list of dumb <laughs> things I've said. But yeah. like they, the scoring they've had, the, um, the goaltending is phenomenal from relatively no names. I, I just, I don't know if that's sustainable to the point, but I don't know that like, so the, why this is so like, I think it's 76% at American Thanksgiving. It's, it's about three quarters. Stays give or same. take. Yeah. Yeah. It's because the teams that, so let's take the jets per se. The jets are currently in the conference, the sixth seed. So, and they are three points up on St. Louis. It will take teams historically three months to gain five points on a team. Yeah. Because what happens is even if the Jets lose four in a row, then that means these there's a team that's three teams beneath them, so the Wild need to win four or five in a row, and then the teams behind them in Calgary-St. Louis need to win four in a row. Yeah. The idea of three teams winning four or five games in a row at the same time or at some point where the other team like the Jets is losing four and never ever winning again and gaining. It's just tough to do. The five to gain five points right now in those standings is extremely tough to do. And if one team does it, it's rare that more than one team does. Mm -hmm. So that's why even if Winnipeg falls, they might fall to eighth, but they they should be. So yeah. I've always thought this team was a play a playoff team. And I I've I've even this year ventured to say that because I thought Connor Hellebuck would bounce back and play better because I thought the new coaching staff and a system would help them. I think they're a top three team in the division. I don't think they're a wild card team. Most people have them either out of the playoffs or a wild card team. I have them higher than that. Yeah. Uh, Mike says, is uh, Mike text to show 204-780-6868, is Seattle for real or would they fade uh, and Edmonton take them over? Well, I don't know what to deal. I don't know how to think of the Seattle Kraken. Seattle's I, I, third I, seed in the division, in the conference. I don't know what to think of them. I don't. I you could If they made the playoffs right now, I would be like, I'd actually be a little surprised, but I wouldn't be that surprised. If they fell, I wouldn't be surprised at all. So let me um, ask you this. The reason the Oilers, in my opinion, yeah. and the Minnesota Wild are not in the playoffs right now is goaltending. The reason the Seattle, see the Seattle, Seattle the Seattle Kraken yeah. are is goaltending, and the way they play, they don't have any superstars, but they have four lines that play Ron Francis like hockey, which is two way hockey mm-hmm. from four lines. Their D isn't you know studly by any means, but. They went and got Colorado's goalie two years ago on a free agent deal or a deal and signed him. Grubauer. Um, the Oilers are like, this is, the, <laughs> we've been over this with the Oilers even when <laughs> well, they we're make. Gonna, we're going to get into it again <laughs> here, Jim. E- even I'm going to get into it again. I'm telling you. Even you when they make the playoffs, we do this. Their yeah. defense is not good. No. It's not bad, but it's not. It's not the worst. Top 10. No. And then their goaltending and their lack of depth. After those two top lines, there's just nothing. I don't know where Yamamoto is. I don't know where some consistency out of Pugliarvi is. Holloway had a great training camp. I don't even know. Like, like it just... So we go back to the Jets. We're mixing up the top six tonight, but that third line has been very good and consistent for them. Yeah. 
I mean, I mean, let's let's let's. Oilers just, don't have that. No, like, and it's 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 they have Connor McDavid. Okay, he's out there leading the league in points. Everybody knew that was going to happen. He's got 35. Leon Draisaitl, second in the league, tied with Mason Robertson um, with 31. They got Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Um, at, he's got uh, um, at 21 points in, in 20 games. They got Zach Hyman, uh, 19 points in, in, in 20 games. They have Evander Kane, who's a big part of this team. They're missing him big time. He's out hurt. Hyman moved up before Kane got injured. Kane was dropped down, and, and Hyman yeah. was moved up. Because it's more grit. Like, that's what skilled yeah. players need is a guy like Hyman on their line to help feed them and dig I things I don't up. know why. Well, I, I know why Edmonton can't fix their depth. Because they have guys like Evan Bouchard. They have guys like Ryan McLeod. They have Warren Fogle, who's got four points in 19 games. Yessie Pugliarvi's got four points in 20 games. They, they don't have depth. And I honestly don't believe there's any excuse for this, Jim. Dreisaitl is at 8.5. That is an app. That might be the best contract in the league right now that, that um, with, with Nathan McKinnon and he's got his contract for 6.3 or whatever it is right now. He, Dreisaitl for eight and a half is probably the best deal right now in the entire league. McDavid is worth every penny of the 12.5. They, they have Ryan Nugent Hopkins at 5.125. I think they've, oh, they overpaid for Darnell Nurse. That's a whole other story. They felt like they had to hold on to him. Hyman, I think you, you could probably get him for a lot cheaper than five, five and a half. I think they probably overpaid for that. But these aren't, these aren't contracts that you can't work around. It's the fact of the matter is, is if they are, they're not picking a guy in the top five, they can't, they can't make a pick to save their lives. And they need to be able to move guys into these depth spots and have an impact. The Winnipeg Jets are far from a perfect team, but they have really had success in being able to draft and develop and move players up. The Edmonton Oilers, they can't do it. And you couple this up with a guy that they did draft, Stuart Skinner. Everybody in the league knew this guy was going to be their next goaltender, except for apparently uh, the people within the Edmonton Oilers organization and Ken Holland. Because they went out and they gave this big contract to Jack Campbell, who I knew was going to stink up the joint. He's not good enough. He's too hard on himself. He's way too hard on himself, Jim. It, games after he stinks it up, it looks like he's going to go out there and he's going to like smash his head against the wall. He's so upset with himself. He's too emotional to be an epic goaltender in the league. And it shows. 4.15 goals against average, 8.76 save percentage. And this is why the Edmonton Oilers are 10 and 10. Are they going to go into it? And this is why they're, they're so streaky, Jim. They're so streaky. They're going to go out and win eight games in a row again at some point this season. And then they're going to go out and they're going to lose nine of 10. They have such structural, systemic issues within this team. And it's, they're never going to go anywhere. They're never going to go anywhere. They, they need the mistakes they made was Campbell. Um, there's other goaltending options like New Jersey has just shown you or Detroit with Huso and guys like that that would cost you one to two million less per year on a two-year less contract, and the other one is Hyman. And this isn't a shot at Hyman. He's a very good top six quality player. You don't need to get players to help in your top six. Your top six helps other players become better. When you put players, and it didn't work with Kyler Yamamoto. This is, a great, this is a great point. But you don't go get Hymans to play in your top six because your top six guys of Dreisaitl and McDavid will make other guys better. That's what great players like that do. What you needed to do was get some defensemen. You needed to get a cheaper goalie than five years, $5 million, like a Ville Husso in Detroit, make one of those deals, 
or what Colorado did to get Gary Ogoff and mm-hmm. sign them for two to three less a year for a three-year deal. That's what Ken Holland should have done, in my opinion. Then he should have spent that Hyman money and the money he would be saving on a Jack Com- Campbell contract and go get two defensemen. I, I just, and look, I know this sounds like some guy beaking off on the radio about a Stanley Cup GM, but they have no depth. And bringing it back to Winnipeg with five to six million in cap space and a third line that people said, Adam Lowry, Adam Lowry, Adam Lowry, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Edmonton Oilers would not only love to have Adam Lowry in their system, but they would love it at that contract. Yeah. The most consistent line. And we, we said this the other day when I brought up Axel Janssen, Fialbi, and you said, well, Adam Lowry and Josh Morrissey, and you were right. Those guys have been just as consistent or more. Adam Lowry's been the most consistent Jet this year, and that's what the Oilers and the Leafs and teams like that need. They have yep. no depth. So whatever's going on with the top six in Winnipeg, what do you have? You have a good, old, reliable line that you know what you're going to get from, and the Oilers and other teams like them don't have that. Yeah, and it, and it leads to streaks. Ryan McLeod yeah. and Brad Malone. Yeah. Who is it in Holmgren is his name, and uh, Pontus Holmberg and David Kampf. It's just, it's, you have to have depth. There had to have been more belief. Wait, we got to go to break here. There had to be more belief that Stuart Skinner was going to be the guy. Because look at what's going on in Vegas. Logan Thompson is saving that organization's entire season at 766K. They've been extremely healthy, the Vegas Golden Knights. They're two injuries away from being in big trouble. But it's working for him so far. Anyways. And I don't know about the over, quickly, I don't know about the overpaying of Nurse. Because you can't lose them. That's why they felt like they. So that's you gotta why pay him. They, that's they couldn't lose him. That's why they overpaid him. We'll be right back. Jets at noon on six eight CJOB. Uh, Jim, in case you didn't know, the Edmonton Oilers drive me absolutely freaking <laughs> crazy. I'm so upset with that organization. But it, but it's bizarre, Cam, because it's about the structure. And like you and I would yeah. sign Zach Hyman. We would. We think he's a great player. Oh, 100 percent. But it just it comes down to what your need is, and it's the same with the Leafs. Like, yeah. I mean, they just, they, they, there's, and I don't know how Jets fans feel because you look at this roster and how it's constructed and in two years, they're, they're going to have some major dollars coming off and, and probably hoping to re-sign some of them. But yeah. I just right now with the six, five to six million in cap space. Now I know a lot of fans are going to say, well, Chevy's got to do something with it, but you know, look at the injuries the Jets have had this year. And if they were, we're talking about if they might make a deal, it, we're talking about it because they could make a deal. Mm-hmm. The the Oilers, the the Leafs, like look at the Leafs, and they pick up Timmons from the Coyotes, and they had Jordy Ben and some guy who'd never played in the NHL before in his first NHL game as his fifth six. Yeah, thirty nine year old Giordano played twenty four minutes for them. They yeah. just they're out of options, and so I I don't know how they feel about it. If they want their GM to sort of be at the cap and get as much assets as you can and try to make it work, or would you rather have a GM who can balance a cap, maybe not be a top five team in the league, but a playoff team, and then some yeah. room to tinker things? Yeah, and the Leafs are, they're they're up they, they, like they can't make a move without moving a guy out. They're at fifty contracts, the same as Vegas, and that's yeah. why I brought them up too, um, because Vegas if they get and they're having a great start to the season, they're having a great start. They're a good team. They got a lot of talent. They surprised me how but, good. They yeah, are. but. Jim, it's again. It's a quarter into the season. They get into injury trouble. It could spell absolute doom for them. 
and they've been extremely healthy so far, which is a complete va- it's completely different than anything that they've faced over the last like last year. They were so injured. This year, they're two injuries away from being in the same situation. It, as pe- far as I'm concerned, people forget. We got ten, we got ten seconds. People forget, but they played three games last year without enough forwards in the lineup yeah. because of the cap. Jets at noon on six eighty CJOB.